You're listening to the Revolution Church Podcast. To learn more, including our gathering times in Crossville, Tennessee, visit us at CrossvilleRevolution.com. So good to see everybody this weekend. We are so glad that every single one of you guys is here. It has been an incredible weekend at Revolution Church. Uh, I just got to say this for the folks that have been here all year. If this is your first time, you may not understand this, but how does it feel? to be back at the movies for Christmas this year, y'all. Come on, let's give God a hand. Like, we're back where we started. Those of you that don't know, uh, we bought this old this uh, movie theater this year, and this is where we started uh, 10 years ago. Our first three years we're here, so it's good to be back. We're doing Christmas at the movies, and in that vein, I'd like to start uh, with seeing how well you guys know some of the most famous Christmas movies that are out there. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quote, and please don't be shy, okay, y'all? If you know what movie this quote is from, yell it out, okay? Get involved. Look at your neighbor and say, let's get involved in this. Come on. Let's get involved. This 11 o'clock service, y'all are awake. Come on, man, okay? So let's start out with a really easy one, okay? Let's see if you know what Christmas movie this is from, okay? This is the quote. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? What's that from, y'all? Rudolph. All right, all right. If you don't know that, you're either asleep or you're high right now, okay, y'all? So you're planning on a big Christmas dinner. I don't know what's going on. So, all right, don't be shy now, okay? How about this one? God bless us, everyone. Not Charlie Brown, Christmas Carol. I'll pay you after the service. Good job, yes. How about this one? This is Christmas. The season of perpetual hope. Anybody know? Anybody know? Anybody know? This is Who said it? Who said it? Home Alone over here. Somebody said Home Alone. Wait, you've already been in three services. No, I'm just kidding. You already knew. No, I'm just kidding. Home Alone, the first one. Remember the mom says that? How about this one? Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? There we go. Charlie Brown, yes, you are really excited. I love it. Everybody act like, okay, maybe get excited, okay, y'all? How about this one? Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. It's a wonderful life. That's my old people in here. That's what we know. That's a, Okay, we're not old. We're just more seasoned in life. That's my seasoned people. Young people are like, what's It's a Wonderful Life? I don't even know. My daughter was telling me that the other day. Do I need to watch it? And I said, yeah, you need to watch it. You'll probably never watch it again, but watch it. How about this one? What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas perhaps means a little bit more? How the Grinch stole Christmas. Good job, y'all. Good job. How about this one? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Christmas story. And I just want to say this one because it's awesome. Son of a nutcracker. Elf, elf. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, son of a nutcracker, you know? You won't get that at any other Christmas service in town, I'm telling y'all, okay? Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Which one? Second one. Home Alone 2, y'all. My wife didn't know that. I was disappointed. We're going to counseling because of that. I can't believe she didn't know it. And then this is my favorite Christmas movie, and I understand there's some crass things in it, but the reason I love it is because out of all the Christmas movies, this one is the most true to life, and here's the quote. I don't know what to say, but it's Christmas, and we're all in misery. Anybody know? Christmas vacation. That's right. I've got this puffer vest on as a tribute to 
Clark Griswold who got stuck on the roof putting up lights with this puffer vest on. Amen, y'all? Dedicate this to him. We believe here at Revolution Church that of all the Christmas quotes that are out there, of all the things that we could remember that have been said about Christmas, and hey, Christmas movies are great. My wife and my kids and I, we create a plan from November 1st till Christmas Day where we watch like 50 Christmas movies over that time frame. And so they're great. But even greater than that, the most iconic, the greatest, the most well-known, and the most spectacular Christmas quotes are found in Scripture. They're found in the Bible. Specifically, I believe, in my opinion, the greatest quote about Christmas is found in Isaiah chapter 9. Now, if you're trying to find the reason for the season, Jesus, in the Old Testament, you don't need to look any further than the book of Isaiah. It's one of the best places to find Jesus in the Old Testament. You know, most people don't know this, but Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament. These these prophecies in the Old Testament said the Messiah would fulfill. Jesus fulfilled every single one of them, over 300 of them. 30 of the most prominent prophecies about the Messiah, who we believe is Jesus, were found in the book of Isaiah alone. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, we see the birth announcement of the coming Messiah some 700 years before he was born, before Jesus was born. Greatest Christmas quote of all time, in my opinion, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Listen to it. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What a great verse of Scripture that is so rich theologically, we could do an entire sermon series alone on this verse of Scripture. It points out some of the attributes of God and some of the titles for, when it was written, the coming Messiah. Just in the first few words, we see two incredibly rich statements about the coming Messiah. It says, To us a child is born, and to us a son is given. When it says, to us a child is born, it speaks to the Messiah or Jesus' humanity. The fact that Jesus was 100% human. When it says, to us a son is given, it speaks to the Messiah's deity. The fact that Jesus was 100% God. In other words, this speaks to the fact that Jesus is not just a man. He is, as you've heard to it, referred to it before, the God-man. The theology is called the hypostatic man. The fact that Jesus was one person with two natures, one divine and one human. To make a long story short, to explain this, and you've got to understand this to really understand what Christmas is all about. In fact, you have to really understand this to understand what the good news of the gospel is all about. For Jesus to be a man, he had to be born a woman. But for him to be a sinless man, he had to be born of a virgin. As a result of Jesus being born of a virgin, which is what we're celebrating on Christmas, right? Jesus did not inherit what we refer to as a sin nature that every single one of us possess. He was, in fact, the perfect God-man that would eventually become a curse and a sacrifice 
for our sins. I love the fact that it says a son is given and the word given is used here. Because of all the attributes of God, one of the greatest that we see highlighted in the Scripture is God's generosity. The fact that God gives to us. For God so loved the world that He what, church? Gave. Generosity of God. And the thing that we celebrate every single Sunday here at Revolution Church is the fact that God has given us what we refer to as His grace. Grace is defined as receiving something that you do not deserve. God gives good gifts. And the greatest gift He can give every single one of us is the gift of salvation through His Son, Jesus, that He freely gives to us. We don't have to earn it on our own. I heard a story about a little boy that was writing a letter to Jesus at Christmas. And he wrote out all the presents that he wanted. And at the end of the letter, he wrote this. He said, Jesus, please give me all the presents I want because I've been good all year. Well, he thought about it after he wrote it and he said, "Mm," marked it out. He rewrote it and said, Jesus, I've been good for six months this year. Thought about it for a second, marked it out. Wrote down, Jesus... I've been good for two months this year. Thought about it again, marked it out. Jesus, I've been good for two weeks of the year. Thought about it some more. Said, man, Jesus is going to know if I'm lying. He knows everything. So I can't lie on this. He marked it out. He walks over to the family nativity scene that's sitting on a, a table in the living room. He grabs Mary from the nativity scene, goes back to his paper, and proceeds to write, Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, you'll give me what I want and the presence I want. Grace, salvation, is a free gift of God. And none of us can earn it. None of us has to, in a figurative sense, take Jesus' mom hostage so that we can get to heaven. There's nothing we can do. It is freely offered by God. In fact, every single Christmas at Rev Church, we say this saying that I believe best summarizes why we're celebrating Christmas. Jesus was born so that we could be born again. And it is a free gift that He offers to us. I love the fact that in this one verse, we get four different titles for the coming Messiah. Four different titles that describe who Jesus is for Christians and for believers. First, it refers to Jesus as wonderful counselor, and that's speaking to the fact that Jesus is unique. He's one of a kind. He has no equal. You look at the word wonderful, it means incomprehensible. It means the Messiah will cause us to be full of wonder. Even if you're not a Christian in here, you're just visiting family and they drug you to a Christmas service, you have to admit that there is no other historical figure in the history of the world like Jesus. It has made you think you have to do something with what you believe about this man. He makes you wonder, in other words. refers to him as wonderful counselor, and I love what one commentator says about the fact that it refers to Jesus as wonderful counselor. Listen to what it says about the word counselor. In the Old Testament, counselor was considered a wise king. Christ's position as our wonderful counselor means we can trust him to listen to our problems and guide us in the right direction. 
We can be sure He is listening because He told us to pray to Him about our worries. We can be certain He has our best interest at heart because He loves us. And His love is so wide and deep and wonderful that we cannot fully understand it. He's our wonderful counselor, but also He's our mighty God. And to make a long story short, what it means by mighty God is really just the fact that we're weak, so Jesus is mighty. We are weak and we can't stand on our own, so Jesus helps us stand. He stands for us, in fact, if that makes sense. Now, I don't know about y'all, but every single December, I try to make a pact with myself and say, I'm not going to gain any holiday weight this year. I'm going to run every day. I'm staying away from the Christmas cookies. And what do you think happens every single December? I can't stay away from the Christmas cookies. Somebody made me some of that white trash Chex Mix last week. It was in, y'all know what I'm talking about? The Chex Mix with the peanut butter and the chocolate and the powdered sugar. It makes you go into a diabetic coma if you eat a half a cup of it and slap your mama if you've never tried it before. Y'all know what I'm saying? Amazing stuff. I don't even have the discipline to say no to white trash Chex Mix, to Christmas cookies, much less stop sinning. Even the best of us can't stop it. Can't stop lying. Can't stop thinking sinful thoughts. Holding grudges against people. Doing things that are clearly wrong. Well, this is where Jesus comes in. Because when we're weak, He is strong. Romans chapter 3 puts it like this. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. This side said it, this side over here, you're kind of scared of your neighbor. I don't know if you fought on the way to church. I have no idea. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, Paul puts it like this about how we're weak, he's strong. He says, this is the message version, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Christianity is not about pomp and circumstance. Christianity, regardless of what you grew up in, how some Christians get this wrong, is not about how, look at us, we're perfect, we're great, we've got it all together. The heartbeat of Christianity is amazing grace. How could God save a wretch like me? A sinner like me. That's why we got in our lobby painted the biggest sign on the whole building. What does it say, y'all? It's our, it's our saying. No perfect people out. Make no mistake, the only person that's perfect at Rev Church is Jesus, and he's not here in bodily form. The rest of us are all jacked up, y'all. We're all messed up. Everybody look at me right now. Say, I'm messed up, Pastor. I'm messed up, Pastor. Now look at your neighbor one more time and say, but you're worse. I don't know why that's louder. I don't know. Y'all said that one louder. We're weak. He's strong. We can't keep it together. That's why Jesus came. It speaks then and gives Jesus this title of everlasting father. If I was to poll the people that are in here, the people that are joining us online right now, I dare say that the greater majority of people have what we refer to in our culture in America as dad issues. Dad issues. You don't know what a real dad should be like or 
you've been damaged as a result of having no father or an absent father in your life. What the Bible is saying here is that a real father takes care of his kids. A real father provides for you. A real father protects you. A real father will sit up with you all night when you're sick. A real father, when you go to court, is there with you hand in hand sitting next to you. A real father walks you down the aisle. A real father wants what's best for you. A real father picks you up when you fall. A real father loves you sacrificially. A real father is willing to give everything up for you. This is who Jesus is for us. He's our everlasting father. In Psalm 103, it says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Jesus' passion is what we refer to as the time when he laid everything on the line for us. He became a curse for us and became our sin so that we could know God and we could go to heaven. Finally, he gives this descriptor of the Messiah, of Jesus. He calls him the Prince of Peace. It's been said before that peace is a person and his name is Jesus. Or Jesus is the person of peace. I don't know if you've noticed, I'm sure you have in some way, shape, or form because most of us are on social media. So even if you don't watch the news, you've noticed that the further away from Jesus our culture and the world gets, the less peace there is. You notice that? You notice the further away we get from Jesus. More wars are started than ever. More people fight than ever. More families are broken than ever. As soon as there's an issue that arises in America, you can be sure that there are people that run to one side of the issue and people that run to the other. We are divided like never before. There is more chaos than there has ever been. But the closer you get to Jesus, the more peace you have. See, we understand that at this time of year, for many people, it's not the most wonderful time of year. Christmas, for many of us sitting in this room or joining us online, is the hardest time of year. Suicide rates go through the roof, and they're the highest in the month of December. Depression rates go through the roof, and they're the highest in the month of December. Doctors prescribing antidepressants go through the roof in the month of December. How? Could a month that's supposed to be so full of joy be so full of pain for so many people? Be so full of sadness for so many people? I would submit to you this weekend, it's because many people have lost their anchor. And their anchor of peace is Jesus. I saw an athlete, I think it was Robert Griffin III, who used to play, they used to be called the Redskins, but now they're called the Commanders. And he wore this t-shirt, and this summarizes really what's being said here in referring to Jesus as the Prince of Peace. If you guys could put that on the screen for me, this is the idea. No Jesus, N-O, no peace, N-O. No Jesus, K-N-O-W, no peace, K-N-O-W. That's the idea. You will never, never, never know peace in your life if you don't know Jesus. Those of us at Revolution Church that have put our trust in Him and surrendered everything to Him can tell you that even in the midst of tribulation, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of the most depressing year of your life, the most depressing month that there is, holidays, you feel like you have no one, we can find joy because we have Jesus. 
Jesus was quoted as saying this, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your word that leads us, that guides us. God, I uh, pray that as we come together to celebrate Christmas and each family is going to go do their own thing now and we remember, God, what it's all about. It's all about you. It's all about the fact that the beginning of this plan on earth that you had kicked off with a baby being born of a virgin so that eventually he could be a sacrifice for our sin. I pray, God, that you give your people perspective this Christmas, that even if they are lonely, even if they are depressed, that they find more things to be thankful for than they do to complain about. I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you. Christmas is one of those days, let's just call a spade a spade, where a whole bunch of people that never go to church show up to church. And God, I just pray that today is not just another day at church, that they have an encounter with your Holy Spirit, and that if they don't know you, you draw them to you. God, if they know you but they've been away for a while, I pray they come back. Just be with your people. We love you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. If you're encouraged by today's message, be sure and rate us and subscribe on iTunes.